We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in. Welcome in. Welcome in. It is Thursday morning. God, I don't even know. Um, and it's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I'm Nick Kendall. Question mark all around. Uh, happy holidays, <laughs> I'm man. I'm Burgundy. I, I'm Michelle of a man. Who put the question mark after his name? <laughs> oh, anyway, we're already getting started. We're off the rails early this morning, Nick. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, thanks for holding down the fort for me while I was gone. I was out there in probably the most ridiculous Christmas place I've ever seen in my life, uh, Leavenworth, Washington. It's an old lumber town that they voted, you know, 20 years ago. Like, okay, we need a bit. What are we going to do here to bring people in to make money? Because the the timber is not as prevalent on the east side of the Cascades. I, we know we'll make a Bavarian Christmas village. And boy, they went all out for Bavarian Christmas Village. It's a really, really cool reindeer farm out there. Nutcracker Museum. I mean, the whole shebang. They go bonkers uh, for Christmas and had a great time out there with the mother-in-law, the the pets and uh, the wife. But Scott, I missed you. Uh, <laughs> good to be back here talking with some normalcy now. Yeah, I, uh, I took Tuesday morning off without you. I was like, I'm yeah. just not going to do it without you. And then uh, we, Chad and I were on uh, Tuesday night and had a good time. And then here we are. There's, you know, there's been some news um, across. There's been some some bad news, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, as uh, as Bam X comes in, he says, "Good morning, Broncos country. Uh, rest in peace, Ronnie Hillman." Yep. Uh, as Colin says, thirty-one years old. Nick, um, you know, what do you remember of of Ronnie with the Denver Broncos? And you know, a favorite memory of sort that uh, that you know, I mean, thirty-one years old. He's yeah. a he's a kid. He was a kid. That's a that's just a shame. Yeah, it really is just terrible. Um, I remember when the Broncos drafted him, it was in the third round of the second draft class of John Elway out of San Diego State. A uh, guy from not the biggest, but a home run threat. Uh, never really was an amazing running back, but you know got the job done for sure for Denver out there for the years that he was there on the same draft class, I believe in the same round as, uh, oh God, he was the pick after Brock Osweiler in that 2012 uh, draft class. Um, he had a lot of fun stories coming up out of San Diego State, too. He played on that uh, youth football team coached by Snoop Dogg out there mm-hmm. in uh, Southern California. And uh, by all accounts, a great a great guy as well, you know, soft-spoken, um, hard worker. And on that, uh, on some very fun and interesting uh, Broncos teams with Peyton Manning uh, through those years. So really a big bummer. I saw a picture out this morning uh, of 
Ronnie Hillman and Demarius Thomas, you know, celebrating a touchdown in that Sunday night Packers game. And it's like, holy crap, man, like life is so fragile and temporary. Uh, so really a big bummer. I saw the news come a couple days ago and Ronnie Hillman's in hospice with, I believe it was liver uh, cancer, which never, um, they hear those two put together and it's like, Oh, bleep. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that's, that's yeah. then the, uh, let's just try and make him comfortable phase of, yeah, there is no, there isn't recovery. It's not treatment. It's let's just be, be comfortable. And hopefully he went out, you know, painless. I don't, I mean, what do you say? You know, we're just, yeah. You know, those close to his friends and family and, you know, those who grew up and uh, enjoyed watching him, um, you know, rest in peace. Yeah. <sighs> well, now shout out to Ronnie Hillman. Um, happy. Uh, hopefully I'm ha- hoping that he was able to have his uh, family around him and everything as well. And uh, obviously, you know, he did. He li- lived life pretty large, you know, making it in the NFL for a number of years there. And uh, again, some of these guys, you hear about them like, oh, that guy, you know, good player, a real a-hole. Heard Ronnie Hillman was a pretty <laughs> dang good guy. Um, so really sucks to see that happen. And uh, it stinks. And we got grass, uh, Grant coming in, hospice phase. Uh, my wife's friends are all hospice nurses. Bless them. Bless Ronnie. Morning Broncos, Broncos for breakfast. RIP Ronnie Hillman, rest in paradise. Hillman, the heart's coming in here from sunny days. Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty big bummer here. Um and I was when I was really starting to get into the Broncos draft side of things. Now, 2011, 2012, that Von Miller draft, I remember specifically being like, okay, the draft can be pretty fun because the Broncos have been typically picking later half of the first round in the Mike Shanahan era. So I brought in Ronnie and the uh, Achy Dragon coming in here saying, uh, RIP Ronnie, way too young. Keith coming in saying, no Super Bowl 50 without uh, Hillman in the playoffs. RIP Ronnie Hillman. Yeah, he did have a couple good, uh, couple good games there. Uh, down the stretch, you know, third down running back, he never became, you know, full-time big time starter, but most don't. Um, and if you can be in a committee, especially in a committee with Peyton Manning as your quarterback, it's going to be fine. Um, and we got Lawrence Rivera saying, wow, this guy's literally six years older and in perfect health compared to me. That's crazy. Yep. I mean, life is fragile and we are here temporarily. We're just borrowing these atoms and the, the carbon for a little bit. And then back to the earth we go. So, thinking about him and his family today and uh, not, not really much else to say on that. It's just, it's, it sucks. So, um, you know, wanted to say, you know, pay our respects to, to Ronnie Hillman. We also want to talk a little football as yeah. we're coming in. Uh, you know, uh, we've got some things to talk about now. One of the pauses as Dom comes in, he says on pauses, one of the positive news is Pat Sertan is a pro bowler, his second year in the league. Um, that was, that was an easy call, so to speak. This one, he got a lot of hype. He got the hype you need to become a pro bowler and to stay a pro bowler. You know, Quentin Nelson was a pro bowler for the fifth time in a row. Is Quentin Nelson, guard, Indianapolis Colts, should he be a pro bowler? No, you need that name recognition and all that type of stuff. And he was getting that coming in. And he's really good. Those are a good combination to make you a yeah. pro bowler for a long time. Now, the next, next one to check off his mark is at the end of the year, all pro. I think he's got a pretty good chance, Nick, to go uh, to go possibly first team All Pro this year as well as Pro Bowler. Yeah, and absolutely. Uh, we have Grant coming in here also again saying Pro Bowl is a popularity contest. It is when they are showing it before it's announced because what they are showing early on is the fan voting, and the fan voting is one third of the vote. And uh, just to kind of show how much that weighs or doesn't weigh. Um, 
just a little anecdote. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa was the number one vote getter of all players in the fan vote, and he wasn't even on the initial roster for the Pro Bowl voting because the players and the coaches did not vote for him over Justin Herbert, uh, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow. Uh, there might even been another AFC uh, quarterback that got in there before Tua Tagovailoa. So yes, it is a popularity name recognition and popularity within the league though too. So there the popularity is. contest has something to do yeah. with it, but one of the ways you get popular is by playing really well. So yeah. you know it, it's it's a popularity contest, but typically they're not putting stiffs in the Pro Bowl. You you yeah. you got to be a pretty good football player to make the Pro Bowl, or at least at one point have been a pretty good football player, even if you may have hang around in maybe a year or two longer yeah. after you start your decline. But you got to be a pretty good player to get into the Pro Bowl. Yeah, and congratulations to Patrick Sertan. His first Pro Bowl, I'm sure, one of many to come and uh, definitely deserved. He's out there with Sauce Gardner, probably the guy he's battling um, for all pro, uh, some of those names there. So we'll be interesting to follow that down the stretch. And we got three games left against two against some pretty interesting quarterbacks, some really talented quarterbacks that Sertan, you know, if he can pick off a couple there or get another pick six like he had against Herbert last year at home in Denver, uh, maybe make a stronger case there. But happy for Sertan. And uh, let's want to talk a little bit more Pro Bowl here, but uh, let's keep getting into it here. Kevin Gray coming in saying, morning, Nick and Scott. What up, Broncos country? Merry Christmas to all. I hope we don't keep Hackett eating to hear from you, waiting to hear from you and the country, Denver Broncos for life. Hackett's definitely a chance to come back. We'll see. Um, it's I keep hearing that it's more and more likely, but they have to finish out strong. Um, so we'll see. Things can change. And it's new ownership, right? That's the whole it's the whole bit. I think people are guessing because people don't really have the inside sources with the Walton Penner group. We don't know about the status or security of George Payton. He's probably, it sounds like he's definitely back, but again, how much power is he going to have uh, compared to what he had before? Is he going to be having you know, a little bit of a um, training wheels on or, you know, the bumpers on the side with some of the decisions? We'll see. That'll be interesting to follow. Lawrence Rivera coming in. I believe this is stars because Scott flashed it up here and it says much love guys. Uh, but we'll see. This is definitely a crazy morning in Colorado. That snow hit hard and it was negative 13 degrees with no power since 530. Okay. Well, that's uh maybe that's why our numbers are a little low today. No, I'm just, um, <laughs> the, the power's out there. I hope everybody's doing safe. And David also coming in saying, I'm praying that everyone during the severe weather, praying for everyone with all these severe weather challenges. Yeah. It's, we're going to get an inch of ice here in Seattle. It's colder than heck in the Midwest. Scott's freezing. His took us off out there in Georgia. It's, uh, it's crazy out there. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, it's supposed to drop into the teens in Georgia with 40 mile an hour winds. I'm like, what are we on the the Great Plains? It's supposed to be, it's going to be pretty wicked here. Uh, So polar vortex, whatever you want to call it, it's just, it's going to be cold. So everybody stay safe out there for sure. Uh, Man, I I lived in a really crappy house my senior year of college and I lived pretty close to campus. So I'd go over there, you know, get away from my parents for a bit or whatever, have my own little space. Um, hang out with some friends and uh, really crappy house. And we was out there for a polar vortex. One of the pipes frozen busted. And that was a bleeping crappy time. <laughs> Let me tell you, uh, but praying for everybody keep your, uh, if it's really cold there, they say to keep your faucet dripping, right. And maybe keep your, uh, the cabinet drawers open. So that way your pipes don't burst in the house. Um, so give a little bit of a uh, ventilation in there and some heat. Uh, Icky dragon coming in and saying, I found a frozen squirrel under my tree this morning. Holy. I, I don't think is it is this an ice age joke or is this for real? I mean, what's going on? Well, uh, uh, the reason why I brought this one up, well, because we like Aki anyway. But yeah. uh, you might have a cat. My I had a huntress of a cat. We called her the the I called her a a one cat ecosystem wrecker, and she brought in. We had a cat door. Let him go in and out. She brought a squirrel all the way in through the cat door, dragged it in through the kitchen, through the hallway, into and put it under our tree here here under our Christmas tree. Here's a present for you. And by God, she'd let you know when she was home from the hunt, too. She'd start howling, basically. So, yeah, Aki, I've been there. I've had this squirrel under my tree. Um, this was one that uh, that my my cat would catch for me. So she was, uh, she was a killer, for sure. And then she'd climb up in your lap. And this sweet little thing is the one you call the assassin? Yes, that's the one. As long as you're not vermin, you're, you're pretty safe. Very cute. Yeah, that's uh, announcing everybody. Come and get it. Food's here. I've provided. Uh, KB82, good morning, Nick. Sorry about Caden Proctor. Oh, Nick Saban, you son of a gun. Can't blame him. Uh, you can be a CU fan now since they have Travis Hunter and Cormani McLean. Now, I am Iowa ride or die, um, but I have my CU hat back there behind me. Um, so, yeah, I, I support you guys. Uh, but uh, it'll be fun. I'm curious to see how the college football's changed a lot. And we saw last year um, how Texas A&M, the number one recruiting class ever, right? Just totally crashed and burns. And, and what was it? 24 of their players entered the portal this season. Uh, so this uh, portal buying team NIL stuff, it's going to be really interesting to see how it varies team to team. Cause you got to have a strong culture in there. Cause it's going to, it's a lot of young men with some money out there and things can get off the rails. Uh, and we saw that this year, at Texas A&M, you got to have good culture and uh, good coaching staff and good dudes in there as well. Character. So not saying any of these guys aren't, but it's just, it totally adds a new dynamic for some of these teams and uh, we'll see. And also enjoy coach prime while you have it. I mean, Colorado is going to have a really great recruiting class because of this. I would be doubtful if this is his final stop <laughs> on his uh, college career. And what does that mean when he leaves, especially in the portal era, but you know, enjoy the, enjoy the high while you have it is all I can say. Enjoy your moment in the sun. And uh, maybe you can build off of that uh, going forward. Yeah. And what I always said is, you know, when, when, teams would kind of bag on you for something like that. Oh, he's not a very good coach and he's going to leave you anyway. Well, well, which is it? 
Yeah. Because if he's leaving, he's either not a very good coach, then why would he be leaving for an upgrade? He's leaving for an upgrade. We just had a couple of great seasons. Thank you very much. I win. Yep. Uh, Miguel Sansi Stevan working in, Stevan, uh, working in this morning, and he's winning. He says, morning, fellas. I think all pro holds more weight. Um, R-E-P, uh, rest in peace, number 23. Uh, uh, yeah, all pro does, of, of course. I mean, it's uh, it's a more select group. You know, there's when you're talking about first team all pros, you're talking about, you know, all 22s, you know, maybe with some reserves in here instead of over 100 players and the reserves and alternates and the non Super Bowl teams and all that kind of stuff. But when you're talking about 1,500 players, 1,600 players, and by the time you get through practice squads and all that, there's probably 2,000 players that play in the NFL at any given time. Um, being a top 100 is still pretty solid. It's, uh, it's still mm. something to put on that resume. Yeah. That is absolutely something to put on your resume. Um, all pros more valuable, but I mean, and I would, I used to be, you know, pro bowl who gives a hoot. The game doesn't matter. It's somewhat a popularity contest. They don't really have good methodology for selecting the players, but then you see the players when they get announced as pro bowl and they you know break down, you know, crying. It means so much to them. I can't say it doesn't matter if it matters to the guys who are actually putting their bodies and careers on the line and, you know, busting their butts to get some recognition there. So mm-hmm. if it matters to them, it matters to me. Yeah. We no. can, Go ahead. Go ahead. And I don't care about the game. Yeah. You know, the game, the Pro Bowl game itself, who cares? But the the recognition is, it is still important. You get that check mark on your reference page. You get a bonus on your, on your contracts. It is, it is, it's still a big deal to to be a Pro Bowler. I mean, you know, I mean, just look at it this way. How many Pro Bowlers did the Denver Broncos have last year? Zero. Zero. Yeah. We're a very good team. They had one this year, you know, Again, it is a popularity contest, but you become more popular by playing well and winning. It goes hand in hand, y'all. Yep, 100%. Uh, Good to see you, Miguel. We appreciate you. Happy holidays to you. Jacob Foster, the silent one, silent night coming in here. That's your your Christmas name, Jacob. We appreciate you. Um, Happy holidays to you and yours. Always good to see you come in. If you have anything to say, let us know. But uh, we appreciate the bit going here at this point. (laughs) Desert Creature, Arizona says hello. Nice today. Well, good for you, Desert Creature. Um, we, uh, we need snow in the mountains cause that's when it sleeps. Otherwise we get terrible forest fires. So, uh, we'll, I'll make this, uh, make this deal every time. Keith Brugman coming in negative 34 here in Montana feels like negative 49. God bless it. That is unbelievable. That's the coldest I've ever been. I was talking about it yesterday was, um, we're, we'll get to some football here eventually. <laughs> um, but, uh, I was up in Ohio and I was riding, uh, dirt bikes, trail bikes, until it hit minus 60 wind chill and they couldn't get the couldn't get them started anymore. My throttle froze open. I was a kid. I didn't know. I was like, I probably could have cut the gas or something. It was an old bike. I'm out in a field, just throttle stuck open, brakes aren't working. <laughs> like, all right, I know how to get off of this thing. Wee! You know, when you're in snowmobile suits, a full face helmet, you're like the stay puff marshmallow man on a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. I was basically indestructible falling in the field. So it was a good time. And uh, Jacob Foster, again, thank you for all of the support, my friend. Uh, yeah. Huge, huge help to the show. Diego coming in green also says, good morning, guys, and Merry Christmas. Do you think the Broncos see some upside on Jarrett Guarantano, or why else would we sign him to a two-year deal? Nick, I'm going to I want to look up his two-year deal so I can confirm what I think about his his two-year deal. So uh, while you while you get the first crack at this question. They probably like him enough that they want him in camp next year. I think that's probably the biggest thing here, but there's probably not hardly any guarantees on this contract to the point where it would be, you know, thinking long-term with him. I think it's more so having somebody in camp that they like. And I think uh, 
Guarantano worked with, oh God, who's the name? Uh, Palmer, not Carson Palmer, but his brother, um, who's the really good quarterback coach. Worked with like Josh Allen and uh, Joe Burrow. And, guys. I've worked with Middle Elite 11 guys forever. Yeah. All um, I can but, think of now is like Josh and um, I'll, I'll figure it out. It'll come to me in a little bit. I, I work with those guys. Uh, they were, they, they ran the Elite 11 uh, camps out there for quarterbacks. Yeah, Palmer. Um, it's Carson Palmer's brother. But anyway, um, he spoke really highly of a uh, Guarantano as the the dude. Um, he said he didn't have the best uh, time at Tennessee, a lot of pressure there, and didn't live up to the. I think it was maybe a five star, really high four star recruit. Yeah, he and, was a, he was a solid four. He didn't come in yeah. with huge expectations, you know, like yeah. a, a, a one of the top two or three guys. But he was a good player. He was yeah. really good mobility too. Yeah. Um, good dual threat guy. Not he wasn't the purest passer. Uh, good enough arm but not a great arm, but yeah. good athlete, good frame, all those things, good stock. His dad played, uh, played in the NFL as well. So, you know, the moment's not too big for him, but uh, spot rack only has his, his, it doesn't have an update on it just as a one year seven Oh five, but um, it's a, it's a one year deal with an option. I will promise you there's not a dead cap number associated with that. That will. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline be make it prohibitive for to him to not have him anymore now physically is in the upgrade over what you have in brett rippon yes yes he is he's got a better arm he's faster he's bigger he's all those things so is he a, a better option as a backup starter sure is he a journeyman who hasn't done a whole lot at this point in the nfl yeah so why bring him in sign him it's it was a little bit of a strange one to me that, again but the two-year contract to sign him to the 53 it was a little strange to me because he's probably going to be a free agent at the end of uh, would have been a free agent at the end of this year. Anyway, this is just getting ahead of the curve. You know, he's not a free agent. We're signed, signed, sealed, committed to Deanna Henry coming in. She says, Merry Christmas, Seth. Who's this Seth person? That's Nick over here. And Deacon Scott. So sad to hear about Hillman uh, broken heart emoji. It's still in there. It's 50 below with wind chill here where I'm at brutal cold all week. Hackett having hope to have a second year is ludicrous to me. Dan has been banging that drum. Boom, 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 boom. No more Hackett. And, and Nick, I've said this before too. If you are, and I'm, 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 I'm in agreement with Deanna here. If you're making a decision based on the final two or three games of the season, that's not how you make a decision on a $50 million contract on a billion, $5 billion franchise is on the whim of a couple of football games. It's got to be bigger than that. I feel like the decision, unless 
unless you had decided that you were bringing him back and something catastrophic happens, which we're not going to predict that, oh, there's some scandal. We can't predict that. So for, throw yeah. that out. Your decision has already been made. It has been made unless well, we are trying to get this guy and that falls through. Because I promise you they're talking with other coaches right oh. now, or at least our agents. You yeah. know, and it turns out we can't get anybody. Then Hackett comes back and we will never hear that. <laughs> we will never yeah. hear that from them. Oh, yeah, we felt really good about him. a lot of things going against him. We couldn't get any of the guys we wanted, so we stuck it out for another year. Yep. So that's the only way I see this happening. And, and Bam X has come in exactly. He says, or if a better coach becomes available. Yeah, I mean, you need, you need to have plans A through Z ready when you pull the trigger on a fire. And some of it to me, and this is, you know, just reading some tea leaves here, but uh, can they sell it to the fans? Uh, you finish the year strong. There's enough people that let's say you beat Chargers and knock them out of the playoffs. You beat the Rams this week and you can spin it. Oh, well, the first year, Russell Wilson was dealing with injuries all season. You had the most money on injured reserve all season. You really saw them kind of start to turn it around by the end. They were still fighting for their coach. They improved as the season went on. And uh, it's really unfair to fire a coach after one year. So I, I can already see it written. I'm not. I'm not pro bringing Hackett back by any means um, playing devil's advocate because there's a reality out there where that happens. Um, so just kind of brace yourself for that one. And also just hearing some rumblings behind the scenes, you know, what does Hackett do here? Well, he might've been one of the more or one of the less empowered coaches that we've had for a bit, you know, whose offense is running being right now. Is it the Russell Wilson offense? Is it Hackett's offense? Who gets to call the starting offensive linemen? Uh, just things like that, where it's kind of, interesting and that comes also hand in hand with maybe you as you cover your mouth there some of those coaches that don't want to come in maybe are concerned about working with what russell wilson is right now and the power that he's right. been given can you put that genie back in the bottle it's a it's a tough situation uh with denver so we'll see what happens the other thing that's rough with that is that let's say and we talked about it earlier you fire hack it this year and you bring in a coach let's say you suck eggs again next season are you firing that coach again, firing George Payton and moving on from Russell Wilson to give yourself four coaches in four years? I mean, that's a, it's something that I think the front office or the uh, the ownership is at least thinking about right now. I think they would like to have Hackett back if they could help it. It seems like a great guy as well, um, like a nice person. Doesn't mean you're winning football games, but uh, it's definitely a it's more of a possibility than we thought. Even like you know entering the bye week a few weeks ago. Yeah. And you know, what do you do? I, I think the expectations will be different next year. Mm -hmm. You know, that's part of it. You know, you're going to get more of a runway. This was Super Bowl or bust. This mm -hmm. was, we're aiming for the playoffs and we're in it to win it and all of those type of things. And by God, you went bust. If you're Super Bowl or bust, playoffs or bust, you busted. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, some heads are going to roll. Okay. So whoever's coming in on the next time, one, they're going to get big, big fat guaranteed contract. Yeah. So, Nathaniel Hackett's going to get paid for whatever he's getting anyway. He doesn't have to stick it out for five years. He's going to get all that money. So you're going to get plenty of money, even if it's one year. And Nathaniel Hackett will have a job next year somewhere. He won't have any trouble saying, unless it's like, unless part of his pay, payout, it would be your, your new job covers it. Then he might sit out a year or whatnot. But my point is you can get a guy to come in. You can, and he will have lower expectations. He will have more runway and hopefully won't fall flat on his face the way this team has. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's hard to predict that it was going to be this bad. 
Yeah, I agree with you with the runway, but the thing that I feel is that if you bring in a new general manager, a lot of times they want to bring in their own guy, and that would mean well, that... Well, I, I think that Jan- Peyton, if he's back, he is tied to the fate of this next coach, period. Yeah. Period. If it's Hackett for one year, he's tied to that. Yep, I agree. Okay, so he, he'd be out. And if he's t- if he hires the next guy, two, three years... Okay, like I said, I don't I don't think one, you don't you wouldn't expect this level of incompetency. Two, the expectations are lower. So you're looking at at least a two, three year runway. If it's still bad, then then they're all gone. Then to your point, then they can still make the clean sweep and clean house. That's how I think if Peyton is back, his fate is tied to whoever is a coach next year. Flat out. Yeah. I think you give him a little bit more runway than I would, uh, considering the big moves he's made this year. Um, I think he's on thin ice approaching next season. I don't think hiring a new coach gives buys him another two or three seasons. Otherwise, I mean, then they, then he has to fire Hackett, right? It's either a one-year proposition with Hackett or you fire a guy and whoever it is, at least you give yourself three more seasons to figure it out. So we'll be, we have a plenty of offseason to talk about this, but uh, we'll be interesting. If you I bring say Hackett I'll... back and he falls on his face next year, it's a clean sweep. Yep. The whole oh, 100%. Place. Dead cap and all. Um, building it for the might future. be this year anyway. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. Uh, Paul coming in saying, I'm below, below zero helps. I'm up below zero helps. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Good to see you. We also got our guy. I saw that uh, the supporter of the show, spo- unofficial sponsor, Patrick in the house over at Lion <laughs> Coffee Company saying, usually like a joke about winter being cold in Hawaii, but those temps are no joke. RIP, Mr. Hillman. Yeah, it's uh, stay safe, everyone. That's uh, you don't want to don't want to mess with that. Um Make sure your kids are bundled up and make sure your pets are inside. God, uh, that's that's a big one. Paul Swallow coming in here. Good morning from Spokane, Washington out there. I'm sure it's colder than heck out there on the east side of the state. Got Toyin talking about far east for me out there in the UK saying good morning, afternoon, Broncos country. Wishing everyone a great Christmas. Don't you guys say happy Christmas out there um, from the beautifully gray United Kingdom? Yeah, we appreciate you coming in. Uh, so much. We also got money more coming in here saying Merry Christmas to all and to the Broncos country. A good fight. So this is a good little lead here. Good fight. And also hello to Albert. Um, good fight. Do you think the Broncos going to have a good fight this week on Sunday? Sunday's Christmas Day game, the slime game for Nickelodeon, for anyone who's paying attention at home as the number three overall pick. Denver Broncos play the number four overall pick Rams, if I'm not mistaken there. The Bears have the number two. Neither of those teams have their picks. And neither of them have funny. them. That's the crazy thing. Yeah. It's uh neither of them have those picks. I uh I don't think that the the Rams have still have a little bit more to prove. Uh you know, especially with Baker Mayfield at quarterback. He's out there fighting for his life. He's fighting yeah. for his NFL future. Last year was I mean last week against the Cardinals that was an entire group of team who were ready for the off season. They're mm-hmm. the worst team in the NFL right now. The Rams, they're a, they're not a good football team, but they're not bad to the level that the Cardinals were. I'm, I'm, I would put anybody against the Cardinals, including the Texans. The Texans have been playing pretty tough here lately. Yeah. I would put the Texans against the Cardinals right now on a neutral field. Um, so we're not going to read too much into what happened there. The Rams will play you hard. They will they will fight. They're not a good team, but they're not going to roll over and die the way the Cardinals have. So you'll be in for a fight. And then and, and Baker Mayfield is that gunslinger, maybe. You know, he's got enough swagger about him that he can get hot and get some things done. This should be a this should be a good game. This should be an interesting game. Yeah, and this is a very a team that is pretty decimated as well. And 
the Rams last year, I'm kind of concerned. Well, I, if I was a general manager, I'd be concerned about their pathway to winning the Super Bowl last year, you know, giving up all those picks, very star heavy, but a weak underbelly underneath. Last year, the Rams had unbelievable injury luck. This year, not so much. And when you have the injury luck, it goes one way, then it goes the other. Well, you're seeing what's happened here with the Rams this season. So, uh, and they have, I mean, this is a team, there's no, there's no wonder that Sean McVay wants out. Maybe Aaron Donald retires because looks like a team that's going to have to bounce off the ground pretty darn hard here. I don't think this is an easy fix given how, there's how many issues they have in key areas. And we'll talk about that here. Deanna coming back in here, $20 saying my bad, Nick, uh, no reason to, no reason to be sorry or say you're bad. Uh, you want to hack it gone? Kind of looks like a Seth. Yeah, <laughs> he does. I got called Chris so much in high school that I answered to it. I mean, shoot, us Gen X white kids only had like five or six names to choose from anyway, like John, mm-hmm. Mike, Scott, Chris. There might have been one more, maybe a Robert in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was either I got called Chris so much I answered to it. And Nick, Nick kind of looks like a Seth. I mostly went by Kendall. Uh, people knew people called me Kendall because my mother was a teacher. So the Mrs. Kendall and the Kendall's kid. And then my sister, unfortunately, who was two years younger than me, was uh, known as Nick's sister a lot. So that's always a kind of a upsetting. <laughs> if you are. No, I'm Melissa. No, you're Nick's sister. Um, but uh, it also says haven't had my coffee yet. Well, get on that. Uh, number one, that should be you know ready to go. We got the brew going. Uh, Hackett is not a coach in any way. Offer a two year contract to a coach to prove himself. Anyone is better than Hackett, hashtag MHH for life. I'm not saying you are, uh, I'm not going to disagree with you one bit. I just think it does seem there's some murmurs out there that he could be back, which, you know, if you'd have told me that at the bye week, you'd, you could have blown me over. You could have, you know, tossed me around with a feather or something, whatever the hell the saying is. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It will, it will take more than a two-year contract. Your next, your next oh, yeah. coach will have a five-year, $10 million deal. Uh, you know, it'll be $50 million. It, it's plenty of money. Um, and the NFL has it. You know, I think the refs are leaking or putting together all the numbers. Um, I think Diamond Rattler was pointing out. It's like that was putting that in the chat. The refs are saying that all this money is being blown into the coaches. What about us? The refs want their bigger slice of the pie too. Well, fine. You'll be a coach. <laughs> Learn to run the 40 faster. Um, and, uh, you know, but the, no, I, I, I kid. The referees being around high school referees and stuff uh, at times, no one loves the game more than the officials. They, I mean, you'd have to, they get into it because they love the game and it's a completely thankless job where they enjoy a good game and that's their reward to be ignored. It's, it's tough. So, um, but it'd take more than a two year deal for sure. And again, when we're saying anywhere and is better than Hackett, that's the thing is the bar has been set so low it just feels like there's only one way to go but up. And I'm going to hit Lord of Liberty has had some had some good comments in here too. I want to hit after we get to Quentin Caldwell. Say good morning. Coming in here, Broncos Orange. Good morning, Broncos country. Good morning to you as well. And thank you for the support, my friend. And Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. However you may choose to uh, celebrate or not celebrate, we thank you anyway. So thank you very much. And uh, 
Lord of Liberty has come in and he's basically saying those that want to get rid of Hackett are still think that Russell Wilson has, uh, you know, can still be a good quarterback and, and LOL here is completely off the map as far as he goes. He says, I'm, I'm basically, I'm done with Russell Wilson. This team has no help with, with Russell. The problem is you're tied to Russell Wilson financially. You can move on for a coach. So when we start talking about variables, you can change Russell's fixed. And I don't think he's as bad as he's shown. I think he can still be a, I think he still can be a good quarterback. I don't think he's completely done. Um, but what I don't see other than the positivity and, uh, you know, a, a likable person is, you know, what do I see out of Nathaniel Hackett that makes me think, okay, he's expendable. It just costs some money. Why do, why do I want to keep him around? What's he doing that makes him valuable to this team? You know, what, whether you think Russell Wilson's valuable or not, if you get rid of him, it's it's a it's a hammer blow to your kneecaps on the salary cap. So whether or not he's valuable, like we've said, if you don't want Russell Wilson, fine. But your best option for next year is to to mothball him mm-hmm. uh, and his twenty two million cap hit instead of taking a ninety million dollar dead cap hit. I get that. I do. Russell Wilson's going to be a Bronco next year. Nathaniel Hackett. If you get rid of him. He's, it doesn't, it's, it's not a negative. It doesn't adversely affect your team, except for what you might be losing that he brings positively, which is Nick, what? At good energy vibes. Yeah. <laughs> he's on, he, he, honestly, the, he, the vibes and the culture stuff and, you know, people coming in and happy that works pretty well. If you are a good college coach and you can recruit your tail off and you know, have people pull in the same direction, but you need to be a little bit better of a schemer and have some sort of calling card uh, you can't just be building a program off of personality uh, like you can somewhat in college football and Lord of Liberty says Russ still a good quarterback we've talked about it on here we will have all offseason talk about it too I think the diminishing athletic traits uh, the version of quarterback that Russell Wilson wants to be versus how he actually wins is in direct conflict and how this team is built he wants to be uh, empty set quarterback you know a lot of options here and he's just, he struggles with the quick game accuracy, uh, the full field reads, the pre-snap, the, the pre-snap checks. I mean, how often have we seen Russell Wilson get out there and make a, you know, get the play in in time and then make a good audible out there? I feel like they're, when they do that, they're pushing right up against double zeros on the play clock. Uh, so it's just, it's been a direct conflict. If I was building around Russell Wilson for next season, it was tied to him. It would be a, I would try to replicate what the, the Seahawks had with Marshawn Lynch, you know, get a really strong run game going, build up that offensive line more. You don't have to have a future or borderline hall of fame caliber running back to get that done. If you invest in the offensive line, some and get some downfield weapons, some big guys that wide receiver who block their ass off, uh, no finesse players, build an identity out there and be a 30 to 35 pass attempts kind of, kind of guy throwing the ball vertically and hammering. The That's play a action. lot. 30. I mean, attempts That's a lot. I think the average is that's probably that's about that's a balanced team uh, rather than <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> I'd have to do 35 times 17, but I bet that would make his most uh, on average. I bet he has an average 30 over 30 in a, in a season like 25 is maybe 25. Then yeah, I, I need to see what the number 35 is a lot, man. Yeah, you don't want it to be a uh, you don't want it to be a high volume passing attack. So you're looking for about I was figuring, you know, 20. 20 completions a game. So yeah, 20, 25, probably what you're shooting for there. 
Um, Desert Creature saying, if the Immaculate Reception happened today, an umpire would step in and throw a flag. They wouldn't let them, um, what is it? The, the NFL refs keep screwing this up. They would not let, let you play go on and then review yeah, they'd it. call it. Yeah, they'd like, oh, yeah, we called it dead there. So that means you can't advance the ball. Well, uh, it should have further. been a flag at the time. That was what made it the Immaculate Reception was mm -hmm. at the time the rules were um, offensive players could not touch it six in, in succession. So, and, and the flag that Desert Creature is re referring to was would be a legal hit on the safety for targeting a, a defenseless oh. receiver. So that flag would have been dropped. They would have flagged that. It would have scored, and then replay would have called it back, saying that it was uh, it was a catch since it was a scoring play, uh, and you didn't have to challenge it. Replay would have called it back and said, "No, the ball was touched by the receiver first. That can't happen. That's an illegal touching, offsetting replay. Replay the down." Or it might have been over. I'm, I can't remember if that was the last play of the game or not. That may have been the end of the game. I think it was the end of the game. Uh, we got Benjamin Flores. Howdy, man. Happy holidays to you both? Question mark. Well, thank you. Um, I also saw we had a Twitch one come in here asking. Oh, God, where'd it go? Um, asking how Leavenworth was. I had a good time in Leavenworth. Uh, thank you for having. There you go. Savage boy. How's the trip, Nick? It was good. Um, little cabin in the mountains. Hot tub with the snow falling. We got about a foot of snow. They closed the mountain passes the day that we were already out there. So Leavenworth wasn't super busy. It was a good time. Boozy coming in. Good morning, fellas. RIP to Ronnie Hillman. I think Hackett will be back next year on a four-year, $60 million contract. You think the Broncos lead the remaining 12? If any group can, it's this Broncos ownership group. So uh, I don't think I'm too worried about that. Did we already say hello to Quinton? Oh, we did. We did. Right. And uh, But you should say thank you as well. Yeah, thank you so much, Quentin. We appreciate you coming in with the $20 flashing orange. And Deanna, again, coming in big time, uh, saying Wilson with the right coach and scheme will do so much better. Get an offensive line, and Wilson will be will be what we wanted. That's my hope anyway. Merry Christmas to all. Off to work. Well, have a great one. Stay warm, Deanna. Stay safe, and stay safe, everyone else out yeah. there uh, battling this. There. The, make sure you got good tires and all that kind of stuff, and don't take any chances. Yeah, she's out there in Alaska. I'm sure she knows what's going on, but yeah. I, you know, always, like, <laughs> I have friends that are from – out here that are from like South Carolina and it's like, okay, what do we, what do we need? Nick, like we'll pack a blanket, maybe a little bit of food. Um, you know, just, just in case, you know, flares always carry a kit, kitty litter in this weather, you know, <laughs> just cause that gives you a little bit of traction underneath the tires there. If you need it, I've, I've been stuck in the uh, cold in uh, Iowa before my car just slid right off and uh, went into a ditch when it was like negative 20. No, so. that's I've, I've told you this story before, Nick, when I was living out in California and watching, you know, seeing the ice storms hit Georgia and there's four wheel drive sliding sideways off the road yeah. and there's people ice skating in cul-de-sacs. I'm like, I don't care where you are. Ice is wicked. And that's where yeah. what we get here in the South is the ice storms. And I was like, and besides that, I see what y'all do when it rains. So just shut up. You don't deal with any kind of weather at all. Uh, Deanna, again, be safe. Thank yeah, you thank so you. much for the support. And I, we did see the the super thanks. She came in on Tuesday night for the show that Chad and I did. We see all of that. Trust me. So appreciate you. Um, someone referred to me as the eye of Sauron last night. So I said I can, I, uh, I, I see it all. I see it all. So thank you so much. And just to put a bow on this conversation with the uh, Lord of Liberty, uh, he says, you can't get arrested as a salary cap. Um, you know, but you, you need an, a viable alternative and you can't be afraid of pension. Exactly. You know, if you don't want Russ, that's fine. Then you got to put him out of sight, out of mind, put him on a non-injury list or something. Um, you know, and he may say, I'll send you $50 million back and let's redo my contract and, and release me. I don't see that happening. Um, but I don't think he's so, I don't think he's so far gone that he's not redeemable where, you know, you put him in the same situation last week against, the Cardinals and 
cornerbacks five, six, seven, and eight against that team and play within yourself, you know, he, I, I think he shreds that team, you know, Rippon was okay. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Russell, I think would have had a, had a really good game. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, big thing here is can Russell Wilson capitalize on the red zone uh, area? Obviously who knows what it looked like. Maybe he doesn't throw that interception there and the Broncos score more points, but this offense ran the football extremely efficiently, mostly under center uh, with Latavius Murray, who is a far better um, under center rushing attack kind of guy. You just, he needs to get downhill. The, the start stop that you need for the, uh, the shotgun run game, I don't think is as effective for Latavius Murray, Murray style of rushing offense. And the play action is not as good as off of that as well. So I'm looking for that. And again, the red zone, Brett Rippon went three for three. They had a couple good play designs, getting the football there in the end zone. Can Russell Wilson keep that up? This has been a very poor red zone offense uh, this season, but they've been better uh, the last two weeks. Can they keep the good vibes going in the red zone? Cause I'm guessing it's going to be a pretty low scoring game. You need to walk away with seven when you are in striking distance rather than three. Uh, Cleta, the T coming in green here. Appreciate it. She says, happy holidays. No longer a fan of Broncos fan, but still a fan of Nick and Scott. Good health to you in both the new year. You'll come around. If you're, if you're not a yeah. fan during the hard times, then you then you weren't a fan. And if you were a fan, you'll be a fan again. It's okay. Yeah. If you're, enthusiasm wanes in December for a team that's four and 10. We'll give you a pass on that. Yeah. We'll give you a pass on that uh, for sure. So, um, but we're glad you're still here and glad you've been with us from the beginning. You've been here since, you know, we started doing this show. So thank you very much. Yeah. hundred percent. Thank you so much, Clee. We appreciate you with the, uh, the snapper picture coming in there. I miss fishing <laughs> maybe soon. Um, got to get that ice fishing out there, but uh, let's get into this Rams game a bit. So this is obviously a team that has struggled almost as much as the Broncos this season. Uh, the Broncos actually bumping up here in the uh, DVOA from football outsiders. Where's Colin to give me a hard time about all the, uh, what is it? The acronyms that I use here, but uh DVOA, um, from football outsiders. When that SOB starts talking DVOA. We pay attention ASAP. Look out um, or GTFO baby. Um, but the Rams coming in here, they have the, they're the 28th rated team, according to football outsiders with the 27th ranked offense and the 15th ranked uh, defense. So they're not really good on either side of the ball. We also have here some more acronyms for you. EPA, uh, the Rams offense has been pretty much, they're, they're very similar to the Broncos this year and where they are weighted. Uh, the Broncos are rated the 29th offense in football this year per EPA and the Rams are 30th. So obviously the Rams have had more issues with health of the, the quarterback position uh, than the Broncos have had, but still a pretty poor team overall. They, um, they run the football a little bit better than the Broncos efficiency wise, but not by much. And then on defense, uh, the Broncos blow the Rams out of the water. Uh, the Rams are a pretty good uh, run defense team, which is going to be interesting. Let me see when I pull up their rush EPA, they're seventh in the NFL. Uh, but their pass de pass defense is 28th in the league. So this is an interesting game uh, for the Broncos. Obviously, it's the Nickelodeon slime game. Everyone is so excited about that. We wait all year for the Nickelodeon slime game, right? Or whatever the heck they call it. Um, maybe your kids can enjoy some Broncos football. But um, it'll be an interesting game and a team that, as Scott mentioned earlier, not laying over ready to die like this Cardinals team. This is going to be a game that has much more fight. Yeah, like I said, but if nothing else is going to come from your quarterback, Baker Mayfield is fighting for a new contract, fighting for his NFL life, fighting for respect, all of those type of things. So he's going to go out there and rally the guys around him. They may look at him like, dude, you're crazy. Let's just not get hurt. But he's uh, he's going to go out there and play hard. 
Um, and uh, <laughs> Jackson says, honestly, Baker should win MVP. Yeah, that might be a little bit much. After this game, you know, he could be an MVP of this game. But yeah, I uh, I expect a, a much bigger challenge from the Rams than you got from the Cardinals. Yeah, it'll be a much tougher game. But the big one here for me, and this probably is going to probably make or break the game, Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's been on the injury report. He's missed a couple uh, games so far this season, played 11 of 14, and he's been dealing with some injuries. And if I was the Rams ownership, there is no way in hell that I am playing Aaron Donald a single snap the rest of the season. I know that, you know, you're look, you're chasing career stats at this point, and every game missed is a game that could have been accumulating more stats to make the argument of being the greatest defensive player of all time. But you got to worry about the long-term health of that guy. And I think that if I was them, I would be putting him on bubble wrap. Maybe, I mean, honestly, this is such a terrible team. Uh, the Rams that maybe their best way digging themselves out of this cap and draft pick hell would be trading Aaron Donald in the off season to a team that is more uh, ready to, you know, make the play next season. Yeah, you got to know your windows and this Rams team, they are just so deplete of talent in the trenches, the depth wise that you need here and uh, made some terrible draft picks as well over the recent seasons. They got hot last year. They were very healthy. They won the Super Bowl. God bless them uh, for that. You know, they would say that they probably did what they were supposed to do, but uh, this is a team. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they were shopping some of those guys and you need them healthy if that's the case. So Aaron Donald probably not going to play, but uh, we will see. Yeah. And that's, a, that's a big difference. Bobby Wagner has been playing well. Um, speaking of linebackers from, mm -hmm. from Colin um, and Ramsey, the guys that you need to, you know, they're, they're big stars have been playing well, but we talked a little bit about it when you weren't here, Nick on Tuesday, you know, what's the big fall off part of it. You mentioned injuries and part of it was this team was built for the short term. They mm -hmm. achieved their goal. Uh, is it worth it? Is it, is it worth it? And I, I said, if you're a team like the Falcons, the lions, the Browns, then yeah, you know, uh, uh, having that high and hitting the Super Bowl and then falling into the dumpster for two, three years is, is worth it because you've been in the dumpster. I don't know what the other part feels like. So, but is it worth it for the Denver Broncos? You know, would you would you give back a Super Bowl win to have six consecutive winning seasons and a chance at more Super Bowls? Maybe, maybe, may, maybe not. You say, hell no, that was special, you know, Um but they did. The Rams did. They went all in and they built for the short term. And here we are. And you know what, Nick? What do you, if you're really bad at drafting players, what do you do? You trade them away. <laughs> Just trade them away. <laughs> yeah. they, and to be fair, um, with the Rams, they've been pretty good at drafting day three players at specific roles. Um, that's something that they've, I think they've done better than most teams. You know, we need a very specific skill set. We can find that guy in the fifth round, plug him into our system. And it works perfectly. He's not going to be as valued by other teams, but for what we are going to ask him to do, he'll be a great player. And they've been able to live off of that um, more or less. But now you're starting to see it come home with the premium positions. You know, you're not finding incredible starting plus players at edge or cornerback or offensive tackle very often or a wide receiver uh, in the fifth round at a rate that is going to keep you sustainable not having those picks. And we've seen it this season, you know, Cooper cup goes down, Aaron Donald gets injured. Uh, there Matt Stafford goes down. The offensive line is decimated as well. So uh, this is a, this is a rough team right now. And the one that I want to get into here, and we got Jack coming in here first saying, do you guys think Russ will get his contract restructured? No, I don't think that thing will be touched. If it is restructured, the Broncos will eat more of that guaranteed money next season in order to make the dead cap less in the future. 
However, they can do that accounting wise by just not paying that money and then rolling it over this season. So, so uh, as yeah. Jackson asks this, usually when you hear a contract restructure, you start thinking, okay, this is how we're going to restructure his contract and lower his salary cap hit for this year. So we have more available money for this year. That's the, the headline. Yeah. That's what you hear. In order to do that, you usually have to add years onto the back end of the contract. You have to give him a raise overall or those either, either one of those type of things. So right now, you don't want to add years onto Russell's contract and kick that that dead cap number down the road. Uh, and, and two, as Nick is saying, if you restructure it, it would probably be to hurt this team in the short term so that you could get out from under his big dead cap number in 2024. His restructure would actually be opposite of what we normally think about with a restructure, which is creating more cap room. Instead, it would be to eat available cap room in 2023. So we don't think this team is going to be very good. And we want to be able to rebuild and get out from under it. So you have to have some leverage in a restructure. Either you're talking about a Graham Glasgow type where he's got a $14 million cap hit and a $2 million if we lose him. Graham you want $4 million to re-sign or we're going to waive you? You know, the $4 million sounds pretty good. That's a restructure. That's that's not going to happen here. Russell's not going to take less money and you don't want to add more years. So mm-hmm. it would be, if he restructures, it's not to be beneficial in, the, in, in 2023. Yeah. Don't think it'll happen, uh, but we'll we'll see what happens. You know, anything can happen in a single game. We got Bama X coming in with the twenty dollars. Thank you so much, Bama X. A lot of uh, can pretty consistent contributor, and we appreciate you coming in with the support on the show. Saying Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to everyone in Broncos Country. Great show and even better conversation as usual. Well, thank you so much. That means a lot. Uh, y'all stay safe out there and enjoy the time with your loved ones. Hopefully, capped off with the Broncos win. Hundred uh, percent. Thank you so much, Bama. Happy holidays to you and yours. Um, I'm only slightly bitter about you guys stealing Caden Proctor uh, away. <laughs> and then, uh, but you know, is what it is. Bam. That won't be the first time Nick Saban flips a five star club. Welcome uh, to the club. The last thing you want to hear in December is, Oh, Bama's sniffing around. Dang it. Yeah. <laughs> it's been like that for a long time. That, that isn't new. So yeah. Bam X coming in yesterday with support on, on, uh, on our other show and this show just huge for us. Thank you very much. Again, one of the reasons Sometimes you're like, you know how it goes. It's kind of like working out. I don't always want to get up and work out, but when I'm working out, I feel great. That's kind of how this is. So it's it's folks like y'all. You're the reason we're here, and uh, we appreciate you for it. Yeah, and I'm freezing when I took us off down here in my basement. Scott says that I sound like I'm in an <laughs> air hanger when my heater's on, so I turn the heat off, and I'm probably sitting down in 55 degrees or something in my basement underneath a, a sleeping bag of all things, but uh, we're killing it. Um, Colin Wood saying, how does everyone feel about Sunday Ticket going to YouTube? I guess I don't really care that much, but I'm slightly concerned because my methods of watching the game might change a tad. I don't know what it means for how I watch the game, so we'll see. Um, But I think it makes it more accessible overall to people, so I guess that's a good thing, but it's change. And I'm starting to get old where change scares me. Means to means I need to uh, upgrade my data plan from 1.2 terabytes that my kids burn through in about three weeks. And I'm like, all right, everybody off to unlimited for an extra 10 bucks. Um, I've said this before, Colin, when we're talking about the explosion of the salary cap and the revenue, you wait until some of these digital companies decide to get serious about this. We've already seen it with Amazon Prime. Apple could buy the NFL as a write-off 
I mean, they're, they, they're worth so much. If Apple decided to get an Apple TV, you're talking about YouTube and Google. I mean, now we're talking about trillions with a T, the type of companies. They could buy, they could buy the NFL several times over when we're talking about these. Meanwhile, legacy TV companies are, you know, ABC, Fox, and those. I don't know that they're on the same level. I mean, they're not hurting by any stretch of the imagination, and sports is still the holy grail. But you don't want to get in a bidding war with Google and Apple. I promise you that. Um, cut the cord. I mean, still for me, I haven't cut the cord because the best way for me to access all of these channels that I watch is still with a cable bundle. It's not like that for everybody. My parents, uh, my parents did just um, cut the cord, you know, because they're mm. watching the Braves and Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, before we get on out of here, we got to talk a little bit more Rams here. And this is a game I expect the Broncos to come in and do some stuff uh, against the Rams. And why is that? I think the Broncos actually have a pretty solid advantage in the trenches if Aaron Donald doesn't play. This is a team on the Rams that just does not scare me on the defensive and the offensive sides of the football. Uh, Greg Gaines has been a fine nose tackle for them up front. And I know the Broncos have had some issues on the interior, but he's much more of just, you know, a a position holder on the line of scrimmage versus somebody who can penetrate. I liked Bobby Brown coming out of Texas A&M, but he's more of a rotational player. And then they're edge rushers. I mean, they got uh, Leonard Floyd, who's been fine out there uh, for them. And they also got uh, Michael Hoyt. Uh, but again, a college free agent. Again, there's no punch on this team without Aaron Donald in that, uh, that front defensive line of scrimmage. Bobby Wagner is fine. He's still a solid player. They're paying him to be an elite player. I I'm glad the Broncos didn't do that uh, considering where this team is and the play they are getting from Josie Jewell and Singleton are making less than um, making less combined than uh, Bobby Wagner's making this season. And then on the other side of the ball, this is a very bad Rams offensive line. Uh, they've gone through, I think three left tackles. Now, now they're on Ty Nishki um, at left tackle. Uh, he's been struggling out there. There's a linebacker name. Yeah. Right. Uh, he's, he's been around the league for a bit. I remember him, um, playing for the Washington football team, who was the the other name at the time. But he's been okay player, but he's not a starting caliber player. Uh, the other guys, that I know they're dealing with injuries at the center position. I think Brian Allen uh, is dealing with injury out there. Their best player on that offensive line is Rob Havenstein uh, from Wisconsin. He's a good player, much better run blocker than a pass protector. But uh, overall, um, this is just a terrible team uh, in the trenches without Aaron Donald. I think this is a game the Broncos should be able to somewhat impose their will as crazy as it sounds um impose their wills and be bigger stronger at the point of attack and win the the battle of attrition at the line of scrimmage well if we're looking at units kind of like last week except like i said the the rams will be a better team um not a good team but a better team than the cardinals if we're looking at units still the broncos hold the trump card on this one they yeah. they the, the broncos defense is better than anything the rams can do that will keep you in the game and then run the ball latavius murray looked refreshed he looked yeah. great out there. So someone to watch. And then a question here, Josie Lee, uh, I don't remember who asked it to. I do remember the question though. So someone asked earlier, if you thought Russ underestimated the ease of transition to a new system, new team, new town, new everything. Don't know if y'all addressed that. No, we hadn't. Um, probably. I think everybody did, you know, otherwise, why do you have all freshman rookie coaches, uh, all of that type of thing in order to come in. And then you're still talking about, uh, the, uh, you know, Super Bowl or bust, you know, you hedge a little bit. Yeah, we've got, uh, we've got new coaches, new stuff. It might take some time, it might take, you know, set expectations a little bit, always under promise, over deliver. 
I think uh, that was part of the uh, part of the problem. Yeah. God, we'll see how it plays out. It's uh, it's going to be an interesting offseason, no doubt. And I'm still excited for these last three games um, going into Arrowhead. That one scares me. But uh, if the Broncos come out with a win, get their first back to back wins uh, since weeks two and three of the season will be a lot of fun. And I think they got a chance to win this one. I'm not sure what the Vegas has the line at right now. I've been with spotty service here uh, recently, but uh, we'll get back into it here. And we got uh, Todd coming in saying hi, Nick and Scott and Broncos family. Good to see you. Um, Todd, always appreciate you coming in um, and joining us. Uh, we also got uh, Tim B coming in saying Steve Sewell, anyone? RIP Ronnie Hillman. Yeah, very, again, very big bummer here to talk again about Ronnie Hillman as we start to wrap up the show. Um, passed away last night if suddenly, and I guess to, not maybe not suddenly to him, but news came out that he was heading to hospice with a uh, liver cancer. So All right, I looked away, up so. mybookie.ag. What do you think the line is? I'm going to go with negative one Denver. It was two and a half. Yeah, they're favored by two and a half. I that surprised me a little bit. Um, but we've seen this before, where the Broncos have been getting. It seems like they've been getting three points more than they deserve on pretty much every game. Yeah, like the line has been more favorable towards the Broncos than we probably would have expected. I think that has a lot to do with the craziness of the Broncos one score games uh, so far this season. Um, I think what is it if they if you flipped every single one score game, which historically is pretty much a 50 50 proposition, the Broncos would have only like four losses on the season or something like that, uh, which is pretty crazy. And that's the Vikings this year are like undefeated in one score games talk about, I mean, it's, it's possible that there's a different reality out there where those two teams results flip and the Broncos are right now contending in the AFC, even with the injuries. Which, Cause that's how what you're seeing with the Atlanta Falcons this year who yep. went seven and two in one score games this year. And it's, it's definitely gone the other direction. And now they're five and nine. Yep. It's very fickle uh, injuries in one score game and mm-hmm. Broncos are getting whammied on both of them in a year. They don't have their first round pick. So hey, sarah, sarah. You're hoping with some, like I like I said, I've said this before, on the bright side of things, this Broncos team isn't as far away as the record feels like it is. You know, some incremental improvements across the offensive line, which shouldn't be that hard. Um, that's a big one for me. Some incremental improvements along the health. You're hoping that can happen. Uh, and all of a sudden, those one-score games are flipping next year. And instead of 4-10, and 10, you're looking at, 10 and four. Um, that would be a, this team isn't as far away as their record makes it seem like it is. That's I, I, I truly believe that. Yeah. hundred percent. We got Robert coming in here. Robert to see you. Happy, happy uh, holidays to you. Thanks for coming in here. Look like you're on a boat or something. Maybe you're holding the fish, uh, but we appreciate you. Robert America saying with so many players in the injured reserve this year, do you see the Broncos replacing their training staff? I've seen a lot of people push back about Lauren Landau criticism, and I'm going to have the same talking point that I've had every single time here. I am not an expert in physiology or uh, kinesiology or whatever the the heck's going on there with the Broncos staff. Um, I don't pretend to be. If I was the Broncos ownership, I would be spending a lot of money to make sure that I have the best possible because you are limited within the structures of the salary cap, but you can have the best investment and cutting edge in scouting and uh, analytics and training and, you know, health and everything. Not saying replace them. They've obviously had some pretty crazy uh, injury luck this season, but it's worth looking into and seeing what can we dif- differently. What can we invest in to have better results than we've had recently? That's uh that's not a fish. That is a pirate deterrent that oh, Robert wow. is holding out there. So <laughs> okay, 
Um, he says it's a navy it's like, picture. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. That's a uh, that's that's a pirate deterrent. He's standing on deck with right there. God bless you for it. Um, oh, I see. The it injuries now. have gotten so bad that my dog blew his ACL, and he's uh, his second one, and he got dropped off for ACL surgery this morning at seven a.m. That's how bad the injuries have gotten here in Broncos country. I'm gonna have to change the banner just to to do that. So, and no, I'm not joking. Actually. Um, it, it, the thing is, is you listen to the chatter and it comes up almost every week now in press conferences where there's something, we evaluate everything. We've had a lot of those, you know, he's, he's got a hamstring. We've had a lot of those this year. You know, you hear those little things right now, those little hints that there will be some changes coming in the off season. It might not be a complete overhaul, but something is changing in the off season. I almost guarantee that. Yeah. We'll have to figure it out. Um, but Scott, before we wrap it on up here, uh, we need to final score prediction. I'll go first here. I think this is going to be a, a Broncos win. I think that the Broncos on paper should win this game in the trenches. I know the Rams have done a good job overall stopping the run this season, but without Aaron Donald is a totally different proposition than with Aaron Donald. As good as Aaron Donald is as a pass rusher, the attention he gets and disruption in the run game is equally impactful. Uh, and I'm, I don't think he's going to play. I, why would you play him? This is a lost season. Protect that guy. He didn't play um, last week, I don't think, when I was watching. He didn't. Him, wasn't it? Yeah. No, he, he did I not play. I think he played last week. Um, so you're going, what, what what kind of score are you looking at? I think the Broncos are going to win this one 20 to 17. I think it's going to be a game with limited possessions. Both these teams are going to want to run the football to protect their quarterbacks. And uh, it's going to be, you know, draining, taking the air out of the ball, so to speak. Um, and I think the Broncos are going to be okay, efficiency-wise. Some people are like, oh, they didn't score 24 points again. Well, their points per possession, I think, is actually going to be okay in this one. It's just going to be low scoring um, throughout the whole game, maybe a little bit of field position. But in the end, I think the Broncos have such a advantage in the trenches. I mean, Randy Gregory, Baron Browning, whoever goes against the left tackle is going to have a good game. They're going to miss Draymond Jones, but I think DJ Jones should eat up in the middle there. And they don't have any weapons. Cooper Cup's out. Their best weapons are Tutu Atwell and Van Jefferson and Tyler Higby. I mean, just nothing on this team, on this Rams team, scares me. They're probably saying the same things about the Broncos, but I mean, Jerry Judy and I think the run game for the Broncos are a much bigger advantage. So I'm going to go Broncos winning this one 20 to 17 um, and mainly winning it with the, the strength they have over the Rams in the trenches. I have trouble picking the Broncos on the road in most games. I did pick them against the Cardinals. Didn't matter to me who the quarterback was. I've been dragging the Cardinals for a week now. Um, I'm going to go with the Rams on this one. It's my Christmas present to you. Broncos country. Uh, like I said, I think they still have something to fight for. I think Baker Mayfield will rally the troops a lot better than Colt mm. McCoy was able to, uh, or Trace McSorley. And he's got a lot more to play for. Let's mm. be honest. He's, he's got a chance to go for a new contract. So still low scoring to me. Uh, I would go 17, 13 Rams. The over under on this one is 36 and a half. According to mybookie.ag. I had so it I would um, right there. <laughs> I would go. Uh, yeah, I would. I would probably say I'd still probably go with the under on this one, and uh, I would take the the Rams. Okay, well, we're in disagreement uh, on this one. Mm -hmm. I think with Russell Wilson in the back, the and it should be Russell Wilson in the back. He's been cleared. I'd be shocked if he doesn't play this week. Um, it sounds like he was pretty irritated. He didn't play last week, um, and he's in a week further from that. I wish, honestly, the Bron the NFL should just like if you have a concussion. Um, a certified concussion, you are out the next week, no matter what, um, just to take the guesswork and everything out of that or the not guesswork, but just making it safer, not rushing anybody back. Oh, if you had a concussion, you're out. The big thing then would be teams would be lying about whether guys had concussions or not, but got to protect uh, those players long-term and just take some of the 
take some of the guesswork out of it. He was, he was said, Hackett was asked the, it was either immediately after the game or that Monday. Uh, what do you think? You know, what do you think? He goes, no, Russell Wilson will play. He said, Russ will play next week. It'll be Russ. Um, so I, uh, it, it, it's, it's Russell Wilson this week yeah. and John Stillwell coming in fit, you know, closing us out here, uh, coming in Broncos orange, even though he's a Seahawk up there, he's a Seattle fan pulling for the Broncos at some point regression to the mean will kick in. Well, you know, appreciate that, John. Thanks for coming in and supporting the show. Um, and you know, being cool about it. <laughs> um, yeah. it's, it's tough. I know you would feel that, you know, the, the Broncos losing is good for you, but you know, there's some point where you've been rooting. I say all the time, you know, rooting for the names on the back of the jerseys as much as the ones on the front. And if you were a Russell Wilson fan in Seattle for a long time, you're not, you're not enjoying watching this. You're not, you're not enjoying seeing him, uh, you know, struggle and getting dragged to this type of extent. And you would want to see him come back and play better, even if it would cost you the number three to the number five overall pick or whatnot. So thank you, John. I, I, I get it. You, I, I root for, I root for players more than teams these days myself. Yeah. And thank you, John. I don't know if I would be doing the same if I was in your shoes, because I think there's a big difference in talent from the top three picks in this class to even pick four. Um, I think there are two crown jewels in Will Anderson and Jalen Carter. And after that, there is a lot more guesswork and uncertainty. Uh, and if you are picking three, then you are a trade down candidate. Honestly, if you're picking four, I think you're a trade down candidate as well. So if the Broncos win this game, they probably drop down to about um, four or five, six. So it'll be interesting to see how it uh, impacts the uh, impacts the trades. And then, I guess I'd rather have the Rams lose also, not because only the Broncos, um, you know, sending that pick to Seattle, but I'd be interested to see what happens with Detroit with a top pick uh, NFC out there. They're going to do the quarterback stuff. Um, Detroit's a very fun up and coming team and they've been bad for so long. They're kind of like how people were viewing the Cleveland Browns before they got Deshaun Watson. You know, they've been bad so long, throw them a bone. Once they traded for Deshaun Watson, it was like, uh, maybe not, but uh, we'll, pulling for Detroit, which means and we're if, pulling against the Rams. If this is anything past the top three, I can see the Seahawks trading. The Denver Broncos former pick down earn. <laughs> so this is about the Broncos former pick um, as we loosely connect it to the Denver Broncos. I can see them trading out for the reason you said. If they're sitting two or three, they'll have either Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. Mm -hmm. And well, maybe not at three because one and two could be Jalen Carter and Will Anderson. They've got a shot at Jalen Carter, Will Anderson. I don't I, I don't think they'll trade down. I don't we'll think so that. either. Yep. And they also have the 15th pick, I think, right now. So uh, losing some games with the two two good picks for the Seahawks. So we appreciate you guys. We're going to wrap on up. Happy holidays to all youth. Again, thanks to Scott for holding down the fort while I was gone, getting a much-needed break out there in the mountains. Didn't have to bring my recording equipment left with with, with the spotty internet. So that's great. Uh, make sure you guys are following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also make sure you're following us at BFB underscore pod, as well as at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us on our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle, as well as facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And as the ticker says underneath, if you are joining us on YouTube today, or you have a YouTube account, make sure you head on over there. Uh, YouTube's also going to be the home to NFL Sunday ticket going forward. So we know you're going to be over there. Um, and while you're over there, make sure you subscribe, like, and share to the mile high huddle channel. It's not just Broncos for breakfast. It's building the Broncos. It's huddle up podcast. It's mile high legends. It's mile high insiders. It's dove Valley deep divers. Some people are like, Oh, we got shows seven days a week. We got 
damn near 10 shows a week out here on this channel. And our already show told me a Saturday show's coming back. We're busy, so man. Seven plus three or four. Seven four. plus plus four. Four. So it'll be 11 shows a week. And a lot of those shows that are every day are only like half an hour long. We're at an hour and seven. So, uh, <laughs> God, man, we have a lot of hot air in here. I don't know. We spent on. half of it talking about the weather and movies, but you know, so be it. Yeah. <laughs> what can you do? It's the the weather's relevant right now. And speaking of the weather, everyone out there dealing with it right now, please stay safe. Uh, bring your pets inside. Um, make sure if you're going to get free, freezing rain, to take your windshield wipers and put them up. Um, cause you don't want those sticking to your windshield and that can cause a lot of damage there. And then you can be really screwed, uh, pushing some around that ice and the dirt there. So, uh, be safe. Um, everyone have a good one, Scott, happy holidays to you. Hopefully, uh, your dog is doing well. Um, vaccine, I'll be here in status report. I'm sure tonight. Um, yeah, he gets, he gets to come home tonight. So, uh, I'm, I'm glad because the weather could be pretty dicey tomorrow that they wanted. Mm-hmm. They normally they keep him overnight, but it's, it's, they're worried about people being able to get into the office tomorrow. So like, come get your dog. I'm like, no problem. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's definitely a, uh, definitely concerning time. Everyone stay safe out there. Happy holidays, um, uh, with you and yours, whether, whatever you celebrate or and you don't celebrate, you know, have a great, uh, weekend. Enjoy the vacation. I guess if you have that, and appreciate everyone out there working and protecting the country and working those jobs that they cannot get the, the massive time off uh, that some of us get as well because you guys are keeping country and society functioning there. So we appreciate you. Everyone have a good one. Let's see if the Broncos can pull out a W this week. Continue to choose com- compassion and kindness. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.